We're building a website. It's better okay. than other websites. That's true. That's just true. But you're a card-carrying Marxist. That's true, too. Welcome back to... Buckle up, baby. Episode 42, Michael Weber in the house. What's we here. Up? <laughs> we here. I showed up. We out here. I showed up. We out here. Um, I got a lot of comments from the last one, by the way. I got, you? I got a lot of you okay? Really? Yeah. Keep Not going. a lot. I got two. I, I want <laughs> That's a lot for <laughs> a us. Lot. That's double yeah. the normal amount. <laughs> what did What did they say? People were worried about My your well being. Brother called to check in. What? My brother called to check in to see if we were going to still do the podcast. Okay. And uh, <laughs> another good listener. Uh, What'd you tell him? Mr. L. We'll call him. Mm-hmm. Uh, checked in on me. Yeah. I checked in on you for crying. Yeah, out loud. you checked in on me also. <laughs> I don't know. God, you're a little honest, and uh, nothing and every, wrong with everyone's it. concerned. People, uh, you're going to be genuine. People will be right. genuine but back. I'm, yeah, and now I'm going to be positive. From I now think on. we should be light. I'm actually in the mood to just talk shit again for for the first time. In yeah, a while it's been and a not while. just be like, "What's wrong with us?" and all this heavy stuff. It's mm-hmm. been nice to just talk about what we normally talk about. What do we talk about? Nothing. What's been going on? In the world or in life? The queen died? What do we miss? What controversies have we not weighed in on? I actually got an... We don't have to add on to this, but the queen did die. Uh And for the first time, I did gain this bit of respect for... I used to think it was kind of strange. It's like this Western country has a a monarchy. And I would always think about that like Mm. when I'd meet British friends. Like, what's the... Right? Because to us, it's so foreign to have this... King and queen monarchy yeah. thing. They've all ma- ma- mainly because when I was like hyper political back in the day and loved to talk like debate politics. Back and in policy. the day, like six weeks ago. No, I, I, I. To be fully honest, I'm not that into it anymore. Uh-huh. As much as I it used to be, at any waking minute, if somebody brought up, oh, healthcare should be. Um, I would jump on that. Yeah, I've I've calmed it down a lot. I've completely set out this whole uh, DOJ Mar-a-Lago classified yeah. documents thing. I don't have no idea what's going on. Uh, one of the one of the two, I, I've become more self aware of my own ignorance on a lot of these things, and I realized oh. that like I believe certain arguments, but they're not my informed arguments. But I can still convey them because I find them persuasive. Wow! But I do know, like, look, look, I'm not like researching the data, so I would catch myself saying things that are probably true because the person who made the argument knew the data, and I believe that person. Uh-huh. But when it becomes secondhand through me, you quickly start to talk out of turn a little bit. Uh-huh. I do feel comfortable talking about these issues, and it's fine. But I also know that, like, not that it's not compelling in the cases I've made and the, and the conversations I've had. I don't really take any of that back or have it. I haven't changed my mind. But I've become aware, a, a little humbled by the fact that, like, I'm regurgitating. This is kind of a big deal. When did this happen? A lot of... What's that? When did this happen? As I just became exhausted with this with the conversation and saw that it's just like they're the people arguing with me were doing the same thing as me. Right. They're regurgitating. I still think That's I'm right. That's always how I felt. Yeah, I know. And it, was, yeah. it became a little bit just exhausting. Like um post Trump stuff stuff it used to be about you debate policy, you debate like universal health care or taxes or what you think the role of government should be. I find that stuff interesting, but uh not always and not all the time. I'm just kind of like, I'm just at a place with it now where I've like, I've had my conversations about a lot of that stuff uh-huh. and I'm happy to talk about it. And I do feel fairly informed. I've read a lot about that stuff. It's not like I, I wasn't completely bullshitting others or myself, mm-hmm. but, um, but I also think like, I don't know, it just got exhausting a little bit. It just, it got tiresome. This feels significant. 
It doesn't? Yeah, it does. Um, you wouldn't have said that a year ago when we started. It this my this my my gradual like moving away from these as like my this something I was always down to discuss all the time started a little longer than that, more uh-huh. than a year ago. Because COVID and all those other things to me wasn't even political. It wasn't your typical like political argument. This was more like common sense versus people losing their minds. Yeah. And like there that was and that was a conversation that was unlike all these other subjects, which are just kind of academic and fun, COVID stuff was really affecting my life, mm-hmm. livelihood, social life, everything. It was affecting all of us in the realest way than any other policy was or event was before COVID. So I was happy to have those conversations because I felt like it was you know, we were fighting for our like, you know, actual well being mm-hmm. and you know, right to live the way we want. But it's just like when stuff comes up on my feed, it's like, okay, yeah, I, 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 I just, I've seen this movie a thousand times. My, one of my favorite movies of all time, but mm-hmm. I've seen this debate. I've seen this. And there's like, I think also in the proliferation of so much content out there, mm-hmm. it used to be that when I went on YouTube or when I went online, I would watch a lot of that. Like my, my YouTube subscriptions back in the day was like libertarian stuff and politics stuff and foreign of, uh, uh, international relations and those kind of things and intelligence squared but it was really limited to that that's what i went online for and my rest of my entertainment was like television or other things mm-hmm. i would go online to find the niche stuff that was just niche for me like political things or music geeky things or comedy stuff and it was like three corners but now like that's where i am all the time and that's where everything is happening so i think it it crowded it out mm-hmm. um back to the queen but the queen i so i used to always be like curious like how do you justify you know it's funny all these uh billionaires in the world in finance and industry get demonized by the West as greedy and um, just all about profit and all that kind of stuff. They get this kind of cultural demonization in the West. Mm-hmm. Say and in yet, the West by, by like the far left. By the America. far left in the West, which I think is yeah. ascendant in the West. Sure. Which is anti-Western. Yeah. You but know, you know, but they get so much flack. But the Queen... For, and and the uh, the throne in the UK, even in the UK itself, where they hate you know uh, co- corporate America, uh, where they hate like uh, corporations and business. When it comes to the monarchy, everyone has such reverence. And I'm like, there's no more unearned wealth. I don't think that's. The, I don't think that's true though. I'm seeing it now. Oh, reverence, the respect. Yeah, but I think there's a lot of controversy around whether or not they should still be existing and support right right so this whole idea is like how how is this okay you have somebody who has like different status than every other human yeah. being in a western democracy but then of course i heard jordan peterson talk about the monarchy symbols <laughs> is that what he said symbols Symbol. are important <laughs> Symbol. i thought you said simba yeah. Yeah, that's a funny anti-impression we'll call those anti-impressions ami's impressions and michael's i don't anti- think that's so bad though is it? symbols symbols Symbols. You're getting okay. close. You're, you, you know what? You're muddying mine. Sim- now I don't even know. <laughs> symbolic. Symbolic. You're going way to him. Right, right, Bring right. it down. You know, not even an octave, a couple cents. Right. Semi. Bring it down a few semitones. Yeah, Tim, Tim Dillon says, it's important to have symbols. <laughs> it's important. Yeah. So you like fancy yeah. impressions. Before. I love him. Yeah. But that's but anyway. funny. But no, he, he just illustrated that. I don't know. He spoke very eloquently about the sim symbolic nature of the queen mm-hmm. and the throne as it ties the UK because we don't appreciate it in the United States because we're like 200 something years old mm-hmm. whereas the United Kingdom is way older and was way more responsible for a lot of the western values that we take advantage of now like even the 
sanctity of individual rights and granting sovereignty to individual rights and abolishing slavery and all these kinds of things. They did it well before the United States existed and then did. Like they mm-hmm. were the, the the crusade to abolish slavery worldwide came from the United Kingdom. Um, and this, I don't know. I think maybe it's the fact that this this taking tradition and what our sacred institutions seriously and and not discarding them is sort of what the throne represented. She doesn't have actual political power. The queen and the king don't have political power anymore. We discontinued that. But the symbolic nature of what it of of what they stood for in some kind of uh you know like in the way that what they did was innovative and groundbreaking in granting sovereignty to the individual. Mm-hmm. Uh is something we should not disregard lightly and and the monarchy and keep that. sacred. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, and I was like, "Oh, I that's he, that's interesting." I thought he was going to go in a different direction. What do you think? That. I thought he was going to say something we're missing in America is a cohesive myth and purpose uh, anymore. I think he did say that, and we I think I heard the other thing. Got it. <laughs> but he was talking about that too. Of like, we don't agree on who we are anymore. Right. It seems like over there, at least, they know whether you love the queen or hate the queen. There, there is a queen, and like we're part of this nation together. Well, in Europe in general, they're much more focused on. A collective identity than we are in the United States. Yeah. It's always been about what does it mean to be French? What does it mean to be British? They have right. these conversations all the time. I understand we have immigrants, but are, are we still British? Right. And we don't really talk like that here because it's more antithetical. The idea is for here, we have this melting pot concept yeah. that what it means to be American is right. that we are this collective uh, right. out of many well, one kind it, of you know heterogeneous right. population, whereas right. in the UK, it's more about Assimilation to a collective identity. Right, right, right. Um, well, we're, we're assimilation to the American dream, where like everyone here has an equal chance of succeeding right. if they put the work in. And that, that's what's sort of been exposed, I think, in the last little while. What's been exposed? That like it's not, it's not quite true anymore. Or people feel that way, at least. The people American feel dream doesn't that way. really. Yeah, people feel that way. Yeah. Yeah, that, it, that it's not possible to succeed? Uh, yeah, it's not as possible as it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, or you, I, I, th- I think a better way to to frame it is, as time goes on, you have to be more and more exceptional to to have like a decent standard of life. You have to be like smarter, more creative. You can't just be a normal person. You can't just be like mm. not dumb and like not lazy. And there'll be a to place. be able to buy a house one day. Like you have to be really smart and really hardworking right. to be able to afford a house. That's interesting. At some point, which can... like shouldn't, wasn't the case a, a while. Yeah, ago. you're comparing sort of America to itself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, the idea, there's an idea that what was truly groundbreaking about the United States was that it's not a product of where you were born in terms of a hierarchy or caste system Mm -hmm. or feudal system, royal system, that you're, like, fixed to a certain place in society for life. And that's what they talk about here is the American dream is that you can come here and if you have a good idea and you work your ass off to become exceptional at it, true, you can make it. It's by the merit of your work and that what people, that's the... That's the strength of being in a capitalist market economy. It's like you're doing something that people are like nobody cares about your status and status and right. status and status. Well, they just care about <laughs> how much money you have. If, as long as you have money. Well, how do you matter. get money? <laughs> <laughs> how do you get money? No, no, that's not even the point. I, I'm just saying um, once you have money, that is your status. I think even even in Britain, 
once you have money, you, you could still be oh, kind of looked down upon because you aren't from a certain t- type of family. Right. It's oh, less that's like new that in America. Money. We don't talk to We don't right. mingle with right. Jeffersons. It's, I'm sure it's it's that way in certain places in America. But sure, so. but we are much more, I think, merit-based than yeah. anything else that's ever existed where we don't have this sort of cultural, yeah. these cultural hierarchies of, you know, where you, where you belong. It's like anybody right. who's got a good idea for anything yeah. can do it. Have you watched The Crown? No. I started for a second. Yeah, I, would, I didn't think you would watch it. It explains a lot about it. It's really good. It gives you context of the whole history of the queen. Of yeah, the and what it means to be a monarch and, and how like shitty it is in a lot of ways. Well, in a way, it's like you're the king. You're also the slave. You know. It's well, yeah, you're you're a servant to the to this idea. That's why I'm also crown. yeah. I'm, I've always been a little sympathetic to this. Everyone was like, you know, gave crap to like Harry and Meghan Markle when they mm-hmm. left. How could they do such thing? This is a betrayal. Now. Forgetting, putting aside all the crap she said about the family, and Jeff Ross said this so funny bit about it. He's like, "The royal family is racist." He's like, "Well, thank you, Detective Markle, for discovering that <laughs> a family of inbreds that have been around yeah. for thousands of years has some antiquated views about race." Whoa, really? Tim, Tim Dillon was also yeah. like, "We hate racism, so we're moving to America." <laughs> <laughs> but but one thing I was sympathetic to was. The guy, you, he owes Britain something because of the product of his birth, so he really has no choice in life, no agency. And, and every time he tried to complain about it, people would be like, oh, boo-hoo, you have zo- you know, you're so well. Yeah. But the truth is, like, his life is not his own. Yeah. You know the rumors about him also that he's not even Charles's son? He, uh, Princess Diana was, like, sleeping with someone else oh. who he looks exactly like. That's funny. This, like, officer like... In, in the Air Force or something. Mm. And he looks exactly like him. He has red hair. Like, no one else in the family has red hair. Uh, um, but Diana was born. So it must be even weirder for him because he's like, come on, guys. Like, <laughs> I know. Listen, I know. I don't belong here. I don't belong. You don't understand. You're not my dad. Um, but I just had this sympathy for Just imagine. Try your best to imagine being him. And you're surrounded by all this wealth and privilege but you have no life of your own yeah 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 you can't marry who you want to marry can't marry who you want to marry there was there was this document work there was this thing on the queen about and also if you're talking about jordan peterson and this idea that it's not like material well-being gives you fulfillment and happiness it's 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 putting it's it's doing something that actually fulfills you that gives you a sense that orients you to towards a purpose towards something that they have none of that Mm -hmm. they just have this role that this is what has been decided for you no choice so just imagine like you get over the comforts of having everything you want in the world mm-hmm. within a year, and then you're like, have the rest of your life to live with no purpose. Yeah. So I can see why someone would be like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Yeah. The, this whole the whole last season was about Charles and how he um, was miserable, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, was, he like couldn't marry the woman he loved. Yeah. Then on House of Dragons, also now, that's the storyline about oh, this princess who wants to marry someone, but she's like very, she's boxed in by like her role as heiress. I wonder what that says. I wonder why that, uh, people think that re- that is going to hit a nerve. Do, I haven't watched the show yet, so I can't No, but, yeah, but is that like something... Did Charles marry Camilla in the end? He Didn't ended he marry up after, his mistress? after Diana was killed by the Mossad, he did marry her. <laughs> that's true. That's just true. Yeah, that's, it might be that's true. just true. <laughs> that's it just might true. be true. It's not true. Um, Diana. Remember that song, of Michael Jackson? There's no. a clip of Michael Jackson and Princess Anna talking. He was like explaining what she was asking. She was talking to Michael Jackson in this clip. It's all over like TikTok, mm-hmm. and she's like, he's like performing for the Queen that night at this at the big royal whatever some event, mm-hmm. um, and she's whispering to him, 
and she's asking him, can you play Dirty Diana tonight? It's my favorite song. Can you play Dirty Diana? Oh, no, no, no. I can't play that. No, no, no. I can't play Dirty Diana. Oh, please. No, please. It's my favorite song. Please. Dirty Diana. I don't know what that song's about. but Is it about her? I don't know, but she wanted him to play it. Mm. It's kind of a badass clip, right? Play Dirty Diana yeah. for me, Michael. Oh, <laughs> like the most powerful, biggest pop star in the world and the princess. Yeah. So according to Tim Dillon, that's why she was dating a Palestinian person. She and, was? Yeah. Um, according to Tim Dillon, the scholar of British history? Yeah, and they say, <laughs> he was saying that it's like it's like a little bit, not such a great look. Yeah, when like the most famous humanitarian, most beloved humanitarian in the world is dating a Palestinian. Like, it's not going to like favor oh, Israel. Like, she, like she's going to start taking up those causes and right. like... Uh, so the theory goes, they couldn't have that. <laughs> so they're driving the car, like, listen, booby, pull it over, we'll take it. Yeah. We'll take I don't it know why me. they didn't just kill him, though. That, that, that's the hole in it. <laughs> that's not the only hole. Why kill Princess Diana? I'm saying there's probably many, many, many holes. In that one? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Sure. But anyway, I do have to watch the... the I, I haven't watched the Queen. Watch no, but there's You're a documentary. Yeah. That, I mean, it wasn't that. It was a CNN was doing like a special on the mm-hmm. Queen after, after her death. And, uh, like, her sister wanted to marry somebody else. She was in love with this officer who wasn't Yeah, royal. it's all in the show. And she couldn't marry yeah. him. And I'm just like, it's not, it's, it's unjust to tell a sovereign human being mm-hmm. that they owe something to the collective state by product of their birth. It's making them a slave, you know? So mm. between the slave and the mm. master, and it's like between the... How how free are both ends of that spectrum? One, well, you have she, no agency in, other, in, she in either scenario. She doesn't owe it to the state. She owes it to the monarchy. I think. What, whoever you owe it to, you owe it to somebody. But yeah, she is. You have she no is choice. A, she's a servant. Yeah, she's the, one, the servants, servants to the monarchy. Servants. Yeah, that's are, that's why the show I think is called the Crown because like it's they don't the have individual. Right. Uh, they don't have individuality anymore. The crown is paramount. They are the crown. She is the crown. Now Jordan Peterson bestowed some wisdom and val- uh, attributing, you know. The value of this institution, mm-hmm. which I maybe didn't appreciate until I heard him kind of elaborate on it, which I thought was interesting. But it's this idea that it, it is a myth that binds you or it is an institution that binds a culture. Yeah. And I've become more sensitive to, I think, you know, before I had kids and thought about long term stuff, I've be- I was more about like everybody do whatever you want. And mm-hmm. I, I still believe that politically. Like I was libertarian, even like in every single way. It's like whatever. Everybody do whatever you want. And you, I don't know, as I've gotten older, I've become more sensitive to the, <coughs> as we've both gotten older. Excuse me. I guess. <laughs> Jeez. Become more sensitive to the, like, cultural and social cohesive elements of society. Yeah. Doesn't mean I, I believe one should be able to impose yeah. anything on anybody, but to be able to talk about those things, that they matter. Yeah. Because behind what, 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 what keeps those values of freedom and sovereignty and individual rights important and sacred is is a culture that's cohesive yeah. and that people respect as you saw in covert like people were so willing to throw so much shit out when it came to individual yeah. rights and i'm like where does where does that come from it starts well, with culture and, and yeah well you ways. saw what happened when the presidency was kind of uh disrespected like the symbol of the president has sort of been dismantled like since, or elevated michael you mean during trump yeah, it certainly hasn't been elevated yeah, yeah. like i i think like oh, a kid who grew up during the trump era does not think about the president the same way the you office and I do. the crown and the office yeah yeah the office of the presidency right. it's like it's like probably a little bit of a joke to them which is like well, it has one, this ripple effect around the whole country right one of the big critiques of of trump that i thought was very valid was 
for, forget what he might do on this policy or that policy or an, a justified means to an end. Yes, he might get this done and that done, and that might be good for certain factions, but the decay, the moral decay of the office is mm-hmm. super important. Right. Um, I didn't think it was that important because for a long time we had dignified leaders who, res- who, who held up to that standard but did absolute shit on policy. So for a lot of things, I would be like, well, you know, it's... Uh, it's uh, it's you know you could say what you want all, about all these other guys who are so polished and respectable to the office, but they got nothing done. Right. And one can say that a junkyard dog with a nasty personality who's getting things done. Like try to imagine on either side, if you're a conservative Trump yeah. or a liberal Trump. And I would tell this to people who were more left of center. Like imagine you had a guy up there who was getting every policy you wanted done, and he made and he and he said disgusting things about Fox News. Yeah. You'd love it. I, I you know just to yeah. keep it in perspective. Well, However. During like COVID right. and national times of national crisis, I was like, okay, we need like a leader who can like, you know, yeah. ha, you know, uh, who can elicit calmness in us oh my God. and unity. And he couldn't do that. And I that was, was something that was so it was such low hanging fruit. Yeah. Is that he was like, we're building a website. It's better yeah. than other websites. I was just thinking the 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 moment COVID really started was mm. like I was I was in the city like going on the subway back and forth every day, and then and and everyone was like. Like everyone was like, yeah. be cool. Everyone be cool. That was that. Was, yeah. Like if someone wore a mask in the subway, people were like, come on, don't mm-hmm. wear a mask. It's yeah. gonna be like. And then Trump got on TV and, and did the national message, and and the next that night, everyone started reading the, the Dwayne Reads and everything. What his national emergency? His national, yeah, like he got on. Everyone was like, oh, this guy has no idea what he's doing. Oh, and they're not on top of this. Right, I'm trying to. He's Unbelief. like, I have mobilized with. China and like what? I don't even know what he said, yeah. but like the 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 feeling everyone got was like, oh shit. You remember a palpable difference in the tone and everything like that. There, yeah. For yeah, me, yeah. it was more like he still took a combative stance at a time when everyone was just scared, right? And everyone's yeah. like, okay, look, yeah. I don't care, Democrat, Republican, whatever. What we need now is just like tell us it's going to be fine. We have this under control. Like this is an emergency, yeah. and any and he just couldn't turn it off. So it was just yeah. that was a disappointing moment for me when I was like, there were others, but I'm just yeah. like, this is when. Not having just an entertainer in chief is yeah. important. I saw a great tweet that, that I think about a lot with um, our kids about what you want a leader to do is is to go. I understand why you're scared and I understand why you're nervous, mm-hmm. but I don't feel that way because I know that I have it under control. So you be scared and nervous, that's fine, but I know that we're gonna be okay, um, which is what he right. he could never do. But you know, to be to be fair across the board, him and if anything. Eventually, it seemed like every other leader took the panic. We we need to be scared. We need to be overly cautious. I don't have it under control. Right. It's going to kill us all. Yeah. And eventually, Trump was like, don't let it dominate you folks. Remember when he got COVID? He's like, don't let it dominate you. Or he said something to the effect. I forgot the exact quote. That's a great line. But he said, uh, don't let it win. Don't let it dominate you. Whatever. Like, I got it. I beat it. He took a different brand approach yeah. eventually. I'm just talking about when it was initially, nobody knew anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I hear you. Yeah. But eventually, all the leaders leaned into that wrong approach of being Well, I wonder panicked. if it came from the top of, like... No, I don't think Justin Trudeau is now still panicking about COVID because of Trump. Is he still? Yes. He just yeah. gave a speech about, like, we're going to see a surge, so please make sure to get your boosters and your this and that. I think I have COVID. Yeah? Right now? I think so. And look how chill we're being. I thought I couldn't smell something last night, but I was wrong about that. I could. Okay. So I think and then I'm you farted, and you're like, nope, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I was recently on this panel. I got to show you this clip when it's done. I was on a friend show. He was in, he's in L.A., but he's, uh, he's, I wouldn't call him QAnon, but he's like, he's in that world. Loves okay. all that stuff, and he's always kind of been that way. 
Um, but uh, I found myself arguing. I felt like not the leftist, but from the left, it was so. Some of the stuff was so like I'm trying to like one of the things I've been doing more of at least in these conversations about politics is rather than trying to own the lib, but also keep the conservative side of the argument honest with itself. Mm-hmm. It's like, are you just saying that? Think about it. Like you, both things can be true. Like Ron DeSantis taking all the immigrants and moving them to Martha's Vineyard is a what a power play, but it also could be like. He's, you know, using them as political pawns in a game, and these are actual human beings, and he's doing it to make a point. Did he make a good point? He definitely made the point, and mm-hmm. it's effective. But you can also admit to the other thing. Like, you don't have to wear a tribal, be a tribal actor all the time, mm-hmm. you know? Um, For sure. Anyway, yeah, in this it, case, like I could conversation. Ch- What's that? That's healthy conversation. Yeah, so I was, like, found myself arguing as the... If you didn't know anybody, you may think I'm, like, the liberal in this panel, mm-hmm. because I'm just like, guys. That's how I feel here. With me? Yeah. Well, cause you're, but you're a card-carrying Marxist. That's true, too. <laughs> okay, so you're on this panel. Well, I'm on this panel, and like, there's a couple things coming up, like Alex Jones. The, a lot of things came up about like that were conflating political incorrectness with just being awful as a person. And you know, Alex Jones, I think for a long time, was rebranding himself as just this goofy entertainer guy, going on Rogan, having a good time. And I'm like, he's really doing it. But then the Sandy Hook trials came, and you found out. And these people's testimonials were pretty awful to hear. That I, didn't hear, I didn't hear any of well, that. Well, Alex Jones was basically calling it a hoax and calling out these lying yeah, parents that, who yeah. lost children in a shooting. Yeah. So I was just saying to this panel, like, uh, guys, like, being politically incorrect can be important, and you need to call out the truth, even if it's not that it's not palatable. Um, those are just inconvenient truths we need to discuss, whether despite how they make you feel. But don't make fun of other people's dead children who were killed and just call it into question. Not everything is – and you can be suspicious of the government sometimes. There's some there's conspiracies that turned out to be true. Mm-hmm. But not every single suspicion has the same amount of merit and holds the same amount of water. And I bring up like – you know, you sound like a 9-11 truther right now when you're saying, can we question the government? I think look what happened with COVID. I'm like – but then he then, – then, then, then the host pulls up a 9-11 truther like meme because he's like a 9-11 truther. I was like, oh, man, I pushed that far, you know. He's like, why can't we ask about building seven? You were the first person that brought up a loose change to me once upon a time. I'm like, sure, you can ask questions, but, like, uh, you know, and then we're like, you know, the government lies. Look at ivermectin. Look at all these things. And I was like, um, we're getting a COVID thing on this episode, by the way, all of a sudden. But anyway, the point was, I was like, look, <laughs> 9-11, unprecedented event in human history. So much unexplained phenomenon that's going to happen as a result of that. There's going to be lots of questions, lots of things, because it was so unprecedented. Ivermectin, been around to... 40 years, different amounts of suspicion. It's like, did, did you... you know, anyway, I went off yeah. on a random tangent, but I was on this panel, and I got to be a little bit more left of center, which is unusual, but it does happen sometimes. It's not bad, right? I'm just being myself. Yeah. Did you hear, did you hear it depends who's around you. Did you hear what Trump said about 9-11? He uh, he was just interviewed about Live Golf, you know, the Saudi Arabian Golf League. No. Like, Saudi Arabia started a professional golf league and yeah. poached a lot of the professional golfers from PGA, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so they had, so Trump invested in it, and they're like, they're like, how do you invest in a Saudi Arabian company like with their involvement in 9-11? And he goes, we still don't know what happened on 9-11. We may never know. <laughs> Is that what he said the recently? President, the the former president said that. We still interview. don't know what happened. We, we may still- never know, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> that didn't get a lot of coverage. I didn't see it. Or is no, it I heard around? it on Tim Dillon, I think. Um, we still don't know what happened. We may never know. I gotta love that. <laughs> or maybe Joe Rogan. And I Tim Dillon's take on anyway. the Martha's Vineyard thing was obviously one of the funniest takes on it. That's like not the season anymore. That stuff for some I reason. I love that. I loved it. For some reason. He's it like, really the season's that. over. You yeah. don't think that's hilarious? I thought that's what you love. You, you, know what, you know what it feels like when he does those clips? Like when you have a good friend who like who you think is really funny and then they sort of like like when his clips go viral i'm always like this isn't the funniest stuff like, I, think I don't, you I know don't w- want you guys to see this i want you guys to see all right that's else. like a radiohead fan and creep you know creep is their hit and you're like this is not radiohead for sure but i think to me that's the clips yeah. that i see he, and i'm dying he's like this yeah. is it's palm beach it's palm beach it was so funny i don't i don't like i don't even cuz you think he's making a caricature of him yeah i don't listen to this to the free episodes anymore i only listen to the patreon i don't like okay. i really don't like who, like this character he's playing anymore on the podcast he's been that way since the beginning he is not no he's not he has he has um he's very aware of the audience now mm-hmm. and like he's um it's different. I don't this know. This is it's classic. Different. This is like Bob Dylan going electric for you, and you're like, fuck it. I'm a pure, purest Bob Dylan fan. Acoustic only. I don't want to see the electric guitar. This is nonsense. It's no, but it's not, it's not because you're too I, pure a fan. Yeah, no, because I just don't think it's as funny. I don't laugh anymore no. at the uh at the Sunday ones. I don't I stopped listening because I just don't find them funny. Well, I listen Tim, to the Patreon ones. Here's one of your l- Come at me, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, fair enough. I don't listen yeah. to the Patreon ones, but I like the take. I just think it's I just think it's, it's always a funny take. he's always able to find himself in it. Like find what what he would he's say. Got a, he's it. got a voice, and he finds the season's yeah. over. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. Maybe you're looking at houses. That I understand. That I get. That I get. That I get. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> That's better. I'm getting it. Yeah. I'm getting it. That I get. That I get. It's, but it's Palm Beach. It's Palm Beach. It's Palm Beach. <laughs> I have look. I have friends on the vineyard. <laughs> I love his like. His pseudo elitism. It's hilarious. Oh yeah, no, it's great. No, his his shtick. It it, it was uh, it was a sweet spot for him. Yeah, like he had to do that. But you think he's copying himself? Um, the season's over. There's there's kind of like there's Ron, a... Ron DeSantis has done something unconscionable. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the funny. And he's like, hey, Ben, Ben, what do you think about this? And then Ben says one word. He goes, "Shut up." <laughs> but he says he's done something atrocious, yeah. truly Nobody abominable. Cares. To Martha's Vineyard, the season's <laughs> over. I couldn't get over it. It's like he he's very aware now of who's listening, okay. and I think it it uh, filters through and into his uh, into his thing. Mm-hmm. And Did you feel not, that way about his special, which I didn't fully see? I didn't like. I don't like. I don't, don't like, like the his stand up. I don't like the stand up. What's happening to you, Michael? Tim Dillon. I I, I uh, him and Ray Kump talking together. Which one? You don't even know who Ray Kump is. No. He's like he's his friend who has another podcast, and they do podcasts together. They're the funniest things ever. They do it together. He comes on as a guest. On just Patreon episodes or in general? Uh, it's usually Patreon. He he releases them on the Sunday oh. one though. He's this like slob <laughs> guy, but he's hilarious and like uh, Tim Dillon makes fun of him. This is like when I call out fish on a live show that I find pretty lazy. Yeah. And you're like, what are you talking about? They're like hitting another level. You don't understand. I'm like, no, no, no. I know exactly what's going on. No, no, can... no. That's not what I know. I, I, say, I say, hey, we're having fun. We're That's just what having, I say. I'm having fun with no, Tim. No, I say we're just having fun here. Why do you care if this if they made a mistake with the song? Yeah, that's what you're saying about Tim. Yes. We're just having fun here. And I'm... That's uh, what I'm saying. You are I'm like an elitist fan of I Tim because you am. know what's pure Tim and what's really sophisticated Tim. Yeah. And I, I'm saying with like with Fish, I know like what's re- what Fish can really do. Right. That's why I like their studio albums even more than their live right. albums or recordings and stuff because I often find that Tim... that. 
that fish will rest on its laurels in a way and get away with just doing what fish does and get in the fish groove going. Right. And I'm like, this is just kind of ele- fish elevator right, music. Right. Or I'm not saying when it's, they can't be incredible because they can, and they right. have been many, 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 many times for many years. Yeah. But I'm also at shows and I'm like, yeah, listen, that was a little bit, yeah. that was a little bit phoned in. It's, 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 it's like, so it reminds me of that. It's like when a comedian ends a joke with bitch. It's like, it's bro, you're like, you're that, that's just like your, yeah, I know, but that's gonna get a laugh. So, right, throw that out. right, fair um, enough. We gotta wrap up though, right? We have to wrap up soon. Okay. I haven't done stand up in a while. I have a show coming up in October, okay, which will get me back on the horse. I'm still trying to figure out like how long it takes in doing something mm-hmm. to decide if you like it, you know, because of course, One I year. like how this is the conversation I was having with who last time, but I, I wasn't allowed to have that thought. You're like, you have to be optimistic. You're being too pessimistic. No, I said, you have to ask yourself the question. Is this just the work or is this mm-hmm. just you being negative? Okay. But we, we, we so, had, so a, we how, had a conversation right. off the podcast about it. And I think you were just not focusing on the whole picture. Yeah. Well, you can I, include... I, I, I've been generally negative, but it's yeah. a good question. How long should you give it? Yeah. So uh, Scott Scott O'Brien would say <laughs> the dip, the author of the dip. Remember, I couldn't remember his name. Uh, what's his name? You said it was Seth Godin. Seth Godin. Seth Seth Godin. Seth Godin. What I called him like uh, something. I forget. Something else. Steve Godin. Steve Godin. I don't know something. Seth Godin would say, as long you should stop when your work is no longer producing like progress. Like mm. when the amount of work you're putting in is not getting you any further. Oh, that's interesting. When you stop seeing progress. For me, it's more like it's just when it comes to stand up. The issue I have sometimes with it is the overthinking is a big part of it. Like, just do it. Keep doing it. It's not that it's like, you know, I don't want to I don't want to overthink it too much. But there's such a obviously a discrepancy between my experience playing as a musician. I'm just coming off of two shows I played in Denver where I have such ease with it because I have such comfort and experience with it. Mm -hmm. So it's in terms of enjoyment versus work. The work part of it's very small. The enjoyment part of it is so much more. And I did, and and when I was doing it in early days as like a teenager, like that enjoyment was there because it was purely passion and hobby driven and not career and professional driven. Mm -hmm. So to be getting into stand up now where it's professionally driven and new, like that combo is, it's just so hard sometimes to, to, to contend with because you have to go to these things and like work stuff out. But, but then when I have a good set, it does feel good. The question is like it's it's like you know what I mean. I just I don't have a yeah, talk to me about the doubt. Talk to me about yeah, the no, doubt. Yeah, no, I'm just I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to square doubt, realism, yeah. Yeah. and also being pragmatic. Yeah. With the fact that I I I I can't do it anyway. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm saying. I have this audience on comedy and attention on the comedy stuff that yeah. I'm doing, and even through the, I think the podcast. Has a lot of potential to grow, and I'm very excited about it. It's got a lot of potential to grow. A lot it of only potential. can only, only go grow, up. but but just stand up <laughs> takes a lot out of me. It just yeah. you know to go to to go to mics, work out jokes. I enjoy writing the joke, and when a joke lands, it's just it is a great feeling. But yeah. but it's kind of like, what's the word? It's just in terms of the nourishment that a good set provides. Either I need to do it so much more. It's like it's hard to find that balance of yeah. doing it occasionally. Because yeah. you don't get better by doing it occasionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So sure, it's sort of sure. like uh, I have to do it a lot, but I can't practically, mainly because I'm too busy to do it a lot. Yeah. And I have responsibilities and family and other work. Thank, mm-hmm. like, thank God that's that I'm very busy. So it's hard to like just to work it in. Yeah. So it's hard to like dabble in it, is all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, there, and I don't feel like it's fair to the craft for me to say, eh, I, I don't, I, I don't want to do it because I do and I want to enjoy it, but it just. 
it's hard to find that balance. Yeah. That's all. But I have a show coming up, and booking a show is the best way for me to get back in it. Because yeah. once I have a date booked, I end up doing it and then liking it and stuff. But with yeah. stand up, it's a funny thing. It's like Dave Chappelle was on Rogan, and he said, This shit ain't no bicycle, man. Can't just get back on? Yeah. He said, like, Why isn't Eddie done a special? And so many, like, I'm so excited for Eddie to come uh, back to stand up. He was like one of the best of all time. And he's like, What do you think's been holding him back for so many years? He goes, This shit ain't no bicycle, man. It's not a bicycle. You don't just like pop back on and start doing it. It takes all of you each time. And the second a few weeks go by, you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Huh. Tim Dillon has said, you, sometimes you get on there and you have the mic, you're like, oh, shit. It's like it's this weird thing where obviously with years and years and years and shows and shows, you get comfortable. But there's always this element of like, am I going to f- you're on a tightrope each time mm-hmm. in doing stand-up. Maybe there's a, a club like in New Jersey that would be easier to get to. You don't have to go like 100 percent. I'm looking around for things where I could be more regular and work stuff out. But in yeah. general, I'm just venting in the moment. It's more about like it's been a minute. I took some breaks since the summer. I did a bunch of shows. They were fun. Um, Should I say what you would say to me? Yeah. Well, we know what happens if you don't do anything. And that annoys you. Is that helpful right now? Yeah, <laughs> it's true though. Because I mean, well, how else are you going to grow in your career? You don't. You don't want. No, this is exactly right. Yeah. I'm just trying to like. I'm always trying to. Sometimes, not always, but occasionally, I check in with myself. Am I doing it because I feel obligated to do it? Because that's what that's the street cred of comedy. You got to mm-hmm. do stand up. But I also do love performing, and I also want to bring the music into it. And that's all going to happen. I see it in my head, like mm-hmm. how I'm going to integrate music and comedy and come up with yeah. something and, and make it happen. Well, but it's just I, I see the mountain. You know, yeah. it's very large because yeah. of just the hours. And you're past the fun part. Yeah, and I want to put the hours in. I just have trouble integrating that kind of regimen. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Same with like fitness for me. Like I want to be in shape, but sometimes working out is like difficult to find the time. But I definitely want that yeah. that physical think, state, think, just like I want that comedic state. I think you got to find. A, easier an easier way to get on stage right than you've been doing it's too much driving to the city oftentimes that's hard yeah and especially late nights all those kinds of things yeah. and uh and then i get and then i get asked about bookings and things and i want to be ready for those opportunities so yeah. anyway you know, also, a lot of I'm sick guys, of my jokes a lot of the guys these guys that do it live downtown in a yeah, studio yeah, yeah. and they just walk to the club every correct, night, correct. Like, you know? i'm also sick of some of my jokes like a lot of times you're, you're doing the same 10 minutes yeah. and i'm like I, they're not my best jokes, but they're like the ones I that made the top that made my first ten minutes. So yeah. I do them, and I'm like, this just is starting to feel. This is every com- comedian goes through this. Right, you're just like, I need to try. And if you're not going to do it every night, you're not going to try out a new thing on the exactly one time. Right. You do it. Occasionally, you throw in little things and stuff, but like if you're not working out all the time, you're going to do the same workouts that like you kind of know. Yeah. Anyway, um, it should go well. Hopefully, it should, it should go well. Yeah. Shana Tova. Mm, uh, how's uh, Shana Tova? This is the. Uh, New Year's special, I guess it'll come out afterwards, but we're entering yeah. our holiday season. It's nice. Nice, yeah. good reset. We'll probably do shorter episodes, hopefully once a week. We'll be rolling out clips from our last one with Rob Judah. Yeah, that, that one. Was... Yeah, we have a lot of more good stuff from that. Um, uh, how's the writing? How's the screenplay writing? Thank God, actually. It's been probably one of the most stressful times of my life. It's good. And uh, But I, I think... You know what's good? You know what's worse good. than being worried about something? Not be worrying about anything. Exactly yeah, right. Yeah, you said that to me, and it's true. It's true. You yeah, have something. Yeah. You have something to stress about. That's a huge. It's a blessing. I don't take that for granted. I really don't. It's a blessing. Really Remember when you're like, I have nothing going on. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a horrible yeah. feeling. Yeah. It's it's a blessing. It's true. end on a Tim Dillon. It's a blessing. Everything's a blessing. Everything's a blessing. Everything's a Everything's blessing. A blessing. Everything is God a bless blessing. you all. God blessing. God bless you all. Happy New Year to the Jews and anyone who wants to also celebrate Rosh Hashanah with the Jews. No, the Jews. Just the Jews. Just the Jews. Buckle up, baby.